Welcome back to another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined today by Sean Smith. Sean is chilling out in the bleachers, I believe, somewhere uh, down there in Memorial Gymnasium where Kentucky tonight came away with a 78-66 to win over Vanderbilt. Sean, I'm going to open the floor to you right away. What What are your initial takeaways from uh, a double-digit road SEC victory? I, I think what the first true road win for the team this year, right? It is, you know, a place where Kentucky teams have struggled in the past. Some of John Calipari's best teams have come down here and trailed by double digits and had to claw their way out in the second half. But uh, I think what we've seen the last couple of games, Derek, and I know you'll remember me saying this, I feel like I've said it all the way up until the last week or so. I thought this was a good Kentucky team that had a collection of pieces that were good at individual roles, but they were missing a star. I think they have two superstars in Oscar Shibway and Ty Ty Washington. And for Shibway, we always knew it was the rebounds. And, and now it's a 29-point effort versus Georgia and a 30-point effort versus Vanderbilt. That That's star, star material right there. I think he should be the front runner for national player of the year at this point. And then you throw in Ty Ty Washington, what he's been doing, taking over the point guard position for the last two games. And he's probably on his way to become an SEC freshman of the year if he keeps up this pace. Kentucky's got two dudes, and I think that's what has separated the last two games for me. Yeah, just another great night for Oscar. He goes for 30 points, 13 rebounds. Uh, he went 8 of 10 from the free throw line, finished 11 of 16 from the field. That's two straight games now that he set a career high in points. He had 29 against uh, Georgia on Saturday. And then Tata, like you mentioned, just that kind of player that, especially that start, he got off to a very good start. Um Really, I thought was making a lot of great decisions running the point. And he finished with 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. He did have three turnovers uh, tonight, which I think he only had, what, one turnover against uh, – let me turn my phone off. Um, one turnover, I think, against Georgia. Was that right? I might be yeah. best remember. One or two. Yeah. One or two. It, it definitely wasn't more than two. Uh, I think he might have had another one late. Uh, but, no, just the pace of play that he's playing with at that position – is uh, just really impressive. Uh, he's making pocket passes. Uh, they went to their horns action a lot tonight. They went to that Spain action early in the second half. He adds a different element because I think if it, with his size, he's better than Savir. He shoots the ball better than Savir. He's an excellent passer. Uh, but this is a team, Derek, that you know, I, I tried to make sure I came off the right way when I posted this on Twitter about 20 minutes ago. They – it's never good when someone gets injured, but if you're finding a silver lining, and I put this in my post-game takeaways, the silver lining in Savir's injury is it has allowed Tata to get minutes at the point. Let's face it, this team wasn't going to be a Final Four contender without it because at some point Savir is going to be in foul trouble or there's an injury or something. It, they had to have another guy emerge that could handle the ball and make plays and get things going. But on top of that, it's also forced Calipari's hand to play Davion a ton of minutes and kind of let him get out of his funk. How about this? He was 10 of 37 from three going into the last three games, and now he's, he's shot 11 of 20 over the last three. So he's been able to found his rhythm and his stroke and his confidence, and that bodes well for Kentucky when Wheeler does return. Yeah, yeah, no question. Um, you know, tonight, Mintz just barely missed getting back to double digits for the fourth straight game. Uh, three guys finished with nine points. Davion Mintz, uh, Keon Brooks, and Kellen Grady all had nine points. Of course, like we mentioned, Oscar 
Uh, I mean, he totally dominated tonight. Just so efficient, too. 11 to 16, like I said before. Um, really one of the better games. And he's played a lot of good games this year, like you said. Um, I think he's a first-team All-American for sure through 16 games, the way he's played. I know Kofi Coburn's having a good year and pretty crazy to think about how close maybe those guys were to playing together uh, here at Kentucky. But Keon's just been – or, sorry, uh, Oscar's just been – so impressive, way way more offensively than I thought he was going to be, Sean. I thought he was going to be, you know, a guy who would average around eight, nine points. <laughs> but would he's rebounded probably – I mean, even his rebounding has maybe been slightly better than I thought. But I thought he would be near a double-double guy. But the way he's been this season, he's been um, – I'm with you. Like you mentioned, two elite guys. Ty-Ty at point. And it is worth noting that he has played against Georgia, who is not a good team. Yeah. And Vanderbilt – is is and I still think Vanderbilt's improved just watching them. I think they look a little better, but they're not ranked. I mean, they're 83rd in Ken Palm. This is probably not a tournament team, more than likely not, unless they just really going to tear. So we've not seen him against, you know, a team like Tennessee, even on Saturday, a very good defensive team. Auburn here coming up soon. You would think Savir might be back for those games, so maybe we won't have to see Tata in that role. But I'm with you in, in the sense that you know that if you need him, he, he's capable. And so moving forward, let's kind of, and we can come back to Vanderbilt here in a minute, but just moving forward, how, how do you see this shaking out whenever Savier is back? Do you see them just going back to what they were doing before? Like it, you know, you had the two games there where I guess you could say you, you survived it, even though you didn't really survive it because you played very well in both games. Um, I guess, how do you see that shaking out? Cause I'm very, I think this is gonna be a nice well, storyline to follow whenever he gets back. It will be, and I, I I didn't get to listen to the TV broadcast. I'll, I'll listen when I get home and watch it, but someone said that Jay Billis was talking about that Xavier Wheeler is going to be coming back to a better overall team whenever he does come back. Did he say that tonight? Yeah. Did you hear that? Okay, and I agree with that, and I think that is going – he's let's, let's just say he's going to resume his role as a starting point guard, in my opinion. Davion Mintz will go back to the bench. But they're going to be able to do the same things. They're going to get better defensively. You're seeing the defensive efficiency go down the last few games. They even dropped tonight down to 22. It was 21 in Ken Palm. Offense goes up to eighth. Uh, I believe it was eight, maybe ninth. I know they're eighth overall in Ken Palm. Maybe I got that wrong. You can check those numbers eighth. for me if you want. Okay, so. Oh, wait, no uh, offense. Offensive efficiency, it's, what it, are they at now? It's ninth, yeah. Okay, it's ninth. But they're eighth overall in Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, but what they're going to do is they're, they're going to do the same things with him. What they've added now, and, and John Calipari talked about it post game, is that Tata can do some stuff off the ball. And then if you want to get him at that two guard spot and run some of that ball screen action, they can still do that. The thing that I want to see them do is I want to see Tata in that Spain action with Kellen Grady and Oscar Stewart. It's going to put so much pressure on the defense with having to worry about the way that Oscar gets so physical in his post-ups. That's the thing that stands out to me about him, Derek, in his progression is his ability and his footwork in the post. He got that steal tonight transition and just beautiful footwork and finishing. But it was the play, the following possession, where he got the high-low and his footwork there off the pass from Keon Brooks. Those are the things that are making him better. Uh, but when when Savier gets back, I, I just think he's going back to a team that's kind of a well-oiled machine right now offensively. And, and look, they were efficient before he went down with an injury. We have no idea what it would have looked like at LSU had he been able to play the full game. But I think that this has kind of maybe identified those things that I've been talking about, right? Like I want to see Kentucky in close games. Who do they play through? Maybe they figured it out in a couple of comfortable wins that it's going to be tied tied late in the game that he has the ball in his hands. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Let's talk a little bit about some bench guys. Uh, Bryce Hopkins tonight played 15 minutes off the bench. He scored two points, went one or two from the field. At five rebounds, mostly still playing in that three spot. I texted you during the game, and I think right now what you're seeing with Bryce is someone who who has had his struggles for sure when he's gotten games. Um, tonight, I think he had a turnover uh, almost immediately whenever he got in the game, but kind of settled down after that. I, I liked him in that four role. If you go back to that Ohio game when he had to come in and play, I thought, and again, that was against a different level of caliber of, of player i guess although ohio had some that's pretty good bigs but um i kind of like him more in that role but right now you know at this point you're seeing mostly always Keon or, or Toppin's going to be on the floor <clears throat> so bryce is staying in that three spot but he's that kind of guy sean that i think I, I mean, he might have his moments this year but i still don't know that you're going to count on him for a ton i know cal said after the game that they would or whatever that there's they need him to, to get going but as a long-term piece to this program, I, I kind of – I can see why it's so important right now to try to get him some minutes. And this was a game where uh, at, at various points they had a pretty comfortable lead. I guess overall, Sean, when they do get into these tight games as the season goes on, what what do you think Bryce has to do to, to, to really be in this rotation? Because I could still see it when it kind of gets to the nitty-gritty. Cal shortening that rotation and maybe only playing top and off the bench. Yeah, right now, Brian is that eighth guy. And Mance, too. I'm sorry. Or or Wheeler, whoever's the other guard. Yeah, Bryce is that eighth guy right now is is what he is. And and I just think that, you know, I could hear Cal tonight from upstairs. I don't know if you hear it on TV, but he was telling Bryce just to battle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't worry about his shot. Just battle. Battle for boards. Defend and do those things. I I think that's the role that he's going to have to play is, is when they need him in a pinch. Uh, go in, defend your position, rebound. Don't turn the ball over. You don't have to make shots. Not with this team, the way that they they have these weapons offensively. I think that's the key to him getting consistent minutes. But I just don't know. I don't think he's going to play a ton unless there's an injury or COVID protocol or something. But you can tell that John Calipari has his future in mind. Like, I think that Cal looks at him and says, this kid's going to be very, very good very, very soon, maybe next year. Uh, who knows what happens the rest of the next two months. But I, I think that I can see the confidence that Cal has in his future uh, by the way that he's coaching him. Like tonight, he was so encouraging. Every time if Bryce made a mistake, Cal was there like picking him up, like come on, or like fist pumping if he would do something good. That, that That's a guy that 
kind of the way John Calipari has been with Keon Brooks, right? Over the last two years, every time Keon would do something good, he tried to turn that into positive momentum. And I could see Bryce kind of being in that same mold, but his game and his athleticism, his body, the, the way that he moves, Derek, you, you could see him being very, very good in the future. Yeah, I think whenever he settles down and just gets more comfortable playing, I think you see some playmaking ability from him with the yep. ball. He had that uh, pass tonight where he got up in the air and dumped it off. I think it was down to uh, Oscar, but I could be wrong on that. And and he's a guy that's still trying to figure out what his position is, I think. Right. You know, is he the three? Is he a four? Uh, what will he be like? What does he need to improve on? I think that this is kind of just a test run for him this year. And, you know, something that Kentucky's not had with freshmen in a very long time is, is guys come in and, and play that one season, get 10, 12 minutes a game. Uh, some games maybe play three or four minutes, but then you take all that, you put it into an off season of work, identifying what your weaknesses are and building on them. And I think Bryce is going to be that guy that next year we talk about, you know, kind of a spotlight guy that could really emerge and, and take on a bigger role. Yeah, I don't know that – and, you know, you don't want to put, put a ceiling on a player through 16 games of their college career. I don't – I think to me he's – you know, he's a two or number two or three option maybe on a really good team. Yeah. But someone who can set other guys up, he can make plays when he needs to. I, I think he's a great long-term piece. I know it's been – for Kentucky, it's kind of hard to think in terms of that and probably even harder now with the – one-time transfer rule, but I really think if he sticks with it, you, you can see the the potential in him. But, yeah, like you said, still trying to figure some things out. And it's probably nice, I mean, that you got enough options this year that you don't need to force them in. Because I do not think, you know, in a, in a year where they would have really had to count on Bryce and then Damian Collins as well. Collins, you know, he had a tough night. Um, he only played five minutes. Felt like Cal wanted to get him in there when they were up 28. And, you know, he ended up putting Oscar back in the game. So, Damian, to me, that's a real talking point, Sean. If, uh, you know, Oscar's done a really good job this year for the most part, staying out of foul trouble, but uh, we didn't see Lance Ware tonight either. You know, I, that was interesting to me a little bit that Ware just didn't play at all <laughs> after how he's kind of been managing him the last few days so or uh, past, uh, past few games. So um, he, he participated in warm-ups, but he didn't get out there until – the clock was under 60. He sat on the bench quite a bit. I actually was wondering because Savir was sitting down there. I kept wondering if something was going on with him that we didn't know about, maybe some nagging injury or, or something, mm -hmm. because he didn't get out there until well after. I mean, the, the other guys have been out there shooting around and messing around stuff, getting loose for 25 minutes, and he had been sitting on the bench and then finally got up and done some stuff late. But I don't know. Like, I, I kind of got at that point, the feeling at that point that maybe he wasn't going to play. Uh, but I, I, Cal didn't say anything in post game, so maybe that's just me assuming or just looking at it. So, Sean, this is a 78-66 win. Kentucky now 13-3. and Tennessee on Saturday. We'll talk more about them uh, in the coming days. But as we wrap up from this Vanderbilt game, is there anything else you'd like to add? I would. Uh, I said today in the, in the scouting report that Scottie Pippen Jr., you let him have his. Even if he goes above his average, you just can't let anyone else kill you. And, and Scottie Pippen Jr. got his, right? He got 32. You, you throw in Trey Thomas, who is a guy said in the scouting report that he's going to shoot threes, and that's all he's going to do. Well, he hit four of them tonight, got to 14 points on five made field goals. But when you go across the rest of this box score, and it's, a, it's twos and sixes, like Kentucky did, the, did its job. 
like you let Scotty Pippen go for his and you just contain everyone else and you walk out here with a win. And that's what Kentucky did. Uh, a couple other statistics and notes. So going to this game, Vanderbilt was 23rd in the country and forced turnovers at 16.9 per game and 47th and made free throws. They'd hit 217 on the season. Uh, they only went to the line for 10 attempts, hit six of them, and Kentucky only turned it over nine times, Derek. You do those two things, you hold everyone else in check. That's how Kentucky got out here with a win. Yeah, really nice breakdown out there, Sean. Uh, I want to commend you on that. You've been doing a really good job with these breakdowns. and um, Should be a good one on Saturday. You know, you got a rivalry game. Right now, as we record this, Alabama and Auburn. Auburn's on a 10-point lead. It's a sounds like a great atmosphere down there yeah. in our Coleman Coliseum. And I'd imagine at Rupp Arena, it should be the best crowd of the season for uh, Tennessee yeah. coming in. Uh, Tennessee day won tonight. Too. Yeah, day game, 1 p.m. So if you're a Bengals fan, uh, you got time. If you're going to the game, you, you probably have time to get home too because uh, the Bengals don't play till 4.30. I know there's a lot of crossover with Kentucky fans, uh, with you know Cincinnati being, for a lot of people, one of the closer pro sports teams. So um, also on Saturday, you know what else you can do, Sean? You can go out to the Butcher's Pub, three locations, London, Williamsburg, and Pineville. You can get out, watch the game there, enjoy some good food, have some drinks. But he is Sean Smith. I am Derek Terry, and we'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.